The Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain. After he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Good and gracious God, we give you thanks for the rain that waters the earth and brings life. We give you thanks for the waters of baptism that wash us, that bring us together as your body, as your family. We ask that on this day that we would remember those who have gone before who are still with us. Amen. All Saints Day. It's a few days ago, actually, first of November. And in different parts of the Christian family, it's observed differently. There is All Saints Day and there's All Souls Day. Some of you who perhaps grew up in uh, different parts of the Christian family, remember those two different days. Uh, The Saints' Day was for people with the ST in front of their name, you know, the formal list, the the three miracle list, not the two or one miracle list, but the three miracle list. And then All Souls' Day was for everyone. As Protestants, we've kind of pushed those two things together, but I find an image in my head that I find striking from, again, another part of the Christian tradition. A few years back, the Roman Catholic Archdiocese of Los Angeles built a new cathedral. And I remember touring that space after it had been open for a little while, and they had these amazing tapestry banners that went all the way from the back of this huge space. I mean, several Grace Lutheran churches would have fit inside the nave of this space. And this endless set of banners on both sides of all of these figures standing and facing forward as if they were in worship with you, seated there. But the images were amazing for a number of reasons. One, the diversity of people of different continents and places, obviously from different ethnic backgrounds, And amongst them, in iconography, certain saints that you could pick out by what they were wearing or holding or whatever. Think of it being kind of like superheroes, perhaps, you know, by their uniform or whatever, that you might be able to pick them out. 
But most of the people in the tapestries were not of that variety. They were like us, like everybody. The sense that all of the saints had been gathered and were present. And were present. I think that's the important piece when we gather to celebrate All Saints Day. We have the sense of gathering and remembering those who have gone before as if they're gone in some fashion. I don't know that that's the way we should be observing this day. In the Christian tradition, we talk a lot about water. We come into the family through water, the baptismal font at the entrance to remind us of that. At death, there is that promise and hope that ties us together. In certain traditions, even the ship is an image that is something that we hold tightly to, the image of going over the waters to that new country. It hasn't been too many generations since we as North American Lutherans think of ourselves as immigrants having come over in ships. It's not unusual to find Lutheran churches around the world where the shape of the space, in fact, is intended to remind us of the hull of a ship. And when we gather today thinking of those who have gone ahead, we think of that image of the sea, a place that can be rough, a place that can be scary, where the waves can pile up, there can be injury, death, But there is the sense of that crew that holds tight together no matter what things look like. I remember the first time I was ever in a boat beyond the sight of land, and you have this sense of this vast space around you. There is that curve to the earth, and you might see a ship off in the distance that goes over and is no longer in sight. But it would never occur to us to say that the ship is gone or lost, but rather simply beyond the curve in a way that we cannot see. On All Saints Day, we're mindful of those who have gone before in that same fashion. They're simply beyond our sight in a way. Not that we can see them, but we know that they are present. A few years ago, St. Mark's Lutheran Church in San Francisco underwent a huge earthquake retrofit and remodeling of their sanctuary. And I remember being there shortly after in these floors that had all been newly done, century-old wood. And the thing that I was struck by was all the nicks and bumps and scrapes in it. It had all been sanded down, and it was amazingly finished. But in just looking around the space, you had the sense of a Sunday school program and a piano that got moved with a sticky wheel that caused a groove, or a choir practice that went late and books that fell on the floor, or a Christmas Eve service with candles on the end of pews and the year the usher bumped one and it hit the floor. You have this steep sense of history, yes, of a building, of a place, of wood, but it really is a memory of of people, of the body of Christ who has been present in that place 
even in the nicks and bumps, to look at the font and say, how many have been baptized in this place who have been brought into the family, who have been brought into the body of Christ. Today, as we gather, one of our fond traditions, as it is in many places, is to light a candle in memory of those who have gone before. It's interesting how much light those candles can produce, and we don't get quite the same effect in the morning and in this space and without shutters. But one thing you can tell even in the light is the heat. You'll notice by the end of the service when the candles are there, the ones in the center have burned down low because of this concentration of heat. And even above the altar, it's easy to see from my pew the heat mirage over the candles that are there already. But it's a a reminder to us of the power of the witness that surrounds us. We're mindful of perhaps a grandmother, an uncle, a neighbor, a scoutmaster, a coach, a pastor, a choir director, a counselor, whoever it might be, and in fact for most of us it's probably many, that have given off a light and a heat about the good news of Christ in a way that has shaped us and brought us to this place on this day. As you come forward to light candles a little later in the service, and as you come forward to receive communion, be mindful that we're not alone in this space. Those gaps between people are not just for politeness, but because there are others present with us. And we need to be mindful of that, of this whole body of Christ that gathers in this space. It's not just what we see. It is around the whole world gathering physically and spiritually. And not just today, because we have lots of candles, but every week when we celebrate the meal, we are not alone. The body of Christ is all-encompassing. Those that we can see and those who have gone before. Amen.